Welcome to another episode of the Understory podcast. Understory is a global community of innovators and entrepreneurs and organizations that are applying technological innovation to drive sustainable change in our world. And today we're very excited to have Michael Walton, who is the executive director of Green Spaces, join our episode. Michael, welcome to the Understory podcast. Tell us more about your background before we discuss further about Green Spaces. And thanks so much for having me, JJ. I'm excited to, to talk today. I, um, I grew up in Greenville, Tennessee, in Northeast Tennessee, and went to UT Knoxville for architecture and then moved to Washington, D.C. to practice architecture for uh, vision design and then Perkins and Will, which bought us in, in 2012. And we really focused on sustainable design for uh, leading environmental nonprofits, as well as social justice uh, nonprofits in, in the DC area. And you know that work was all about both sort of pushing the envelope of sustainable design while making sure that the benefits are equitably appreciated. And in 2014, I moved to Chattanooga to become the executive director at Green Spaces and take over from the, the previous executive director who was uh, on her way to Charlotte, North Carolina. And we've been sort of building, I think, a, a really special organization and a, uh, an approach to advancing sustainability that is very place-based and, and unique. And that has really led us to a lot of fantastic opportunities to talk to people about this sort of emerging economy and and really cast a vision for what uh, a city can be in in the future that we see as being able to be economically environmentally and socially sustainable that's great and you know as i learn more about green spaces green spaces mission is to advance the sustainability of living, working, and building together in, in the region of Chattanooga. Before we mm-hmm. talk about the specific programs, what makes Chattanooga special? Why is it the right place to build a holistic program um, to drive sustainability from all fronts? Yeah, that's a great question. It's, it's such a fascinating place. We, My wife and I looked really all over uh, when, when we had decided to relocate from DC and we wanted to be closer to family with kids. Uh, and we looked at a wide range of cities across the Southeast. And a lot of the cities that we looked at had sort of like in their development timeline had really gotten sort of past the point of no return when it when it came to mm-hmm. both environmental and social dynamics in terms of like how a city is built and so a lot of displacement had already happened in places like Asheville and um, Nashville Tennessee and Atlanta Georgia um, and so Chattanooga has this unique sort of experience as a city in that it was once the the dirtiest city in the country because of its sort of 
a strategic location as a, as a crossroads of rail, of uh, barge traffic on the Tennessee River, and, and then on, of interstates, uh, once the interstates were built. It sits exactly in between Nashville, Tennessee, Atlanta, Georgia, Knoxville, Tennessee, and uh, Huntsville and Birmingham, Alabama. And so it's it, because of that sort of like central location, uh, it, it rapidly became this like industrial hub of the Southeast. Um, and that obviously led to air quality um, uh, or terrible air quality from the pollution, terrible water quality from the pollution uh, and, you know, pollution of, of the ground. And so Chattanooga really saw what it looks like when you have what looks like economic sustainability without environmental and social sustainability. And from the 70s up through the you know, 2000s, they really were consciously working to rebuild the, the city around having uh, a stronger respect for the natural resources that make this one of the absolute most beautiful places to live uh, really in the world. Um, and so the, the topography of the city is just striking. And yet there's this sort of leftover industrial um, uh, architecture, these buildings that, that were still left from, from that industrial era that haven't been touched. And, and so there's a lot of real opportunity to, to sort of remake the city into a, a city of the future and in ways that honestly no, no other city in the United States has been able to accomplish. And that's leveraging sort of some special technological uh, advantages that we can talk about later. Um, but it's also leveraging this sort of culture of sort of having, having been, been down that road of you know, seeing environmental damage and then and coming back from, from the brink of that uh, to, to sort of lay that foundation for, for how to rebuild. Yeah. And thank you for that background, because I think most people don't necessarily know that history, uh, even for people who are, who are living in the U.S. And um, but exactly to a point, Chattanooga has, I, I think, is one of the fastest growing cities um, in, in the U.S. And you talk about the programs that are uh, trying to empower the city uh, to be more green, to be more sustainable, to be a place where you know, all these companies are coming, all these people are coming to the city. Can you specifically highlight some of the programs that you're building uh, with green spaces or at green spaces? Yeah, so, so we have a really wide range of programs. You can almost think of green spaces as almost like an incubator, or like a holding company. Um, where we have all of these sort of smaller brands underneath the umbrella, but all of them are really focused on... Uh, raising the ceiling and the floor of sustainability in Chattanooga. And so what I mean by that is we work with, you know, businesses, institutions, government that can really afford to push the envelope and, and explore these, these rapidly advancing opportunities for electrification of transportation, 
for integrating renewable energy into the smartest grid in the country. Um, and simultaneously, we have some of the lowest electric rates in the entire country mm-hmm. and some of the highest average bills in the entire country. And so that points to a lot of, of real inefficiency in, in the, the building stock. And that hurts the poorest people that live in Chattanooga and in the rural counties around Chattanooga where we work. Uh, so that's our Empower program is focused on teaching low cost and no cost ways for people to lower their electric bills, both reducing their carbon footprint, but also just making life more affordable. So having more money left over for, for rent or for food or for transportation. Um, so in, in power was really, so we started that in 2014 after I started at Green Spaces. And it's, it's based on deep community engagement and really relationship building. Uh, so it, it goes way beyond just, just energy efficiency. We really connect people to all sorts of resources relating to water quality, relating to environmental justice. Um, but so that's Empower. Um, on top of Empower, we built a program called Build It Green, which is uh, part of the uh, core network. We j- actually just received our excellence accreditation from the core network. Um, and this is sort of part of this emerging civilian climate core. And so we work with at-risk young adults and uh, really provide wraparound support and as well as training to connect them to opportunities in green building and sustainable development. Um, So on the the side of our programs that are like pushing the envelope, we have uh, the Chattanooga Green Prix, which is an electric car race for elementary schools, middle schools, and high schools that build their own electric vehicles and then race them around a racetrack. And these aren't like remote control cars. These are like a little Actual bit bigger cars. than like a go-kart. Yeah, yeah these are yeah. cars that they're driving. The, uh, the, the video on our website is, is just spectacular at, at, you know, sort of conveying what it's like to participate in this for these kids. Because more than learning about uh, electric vehicles and about mechanics, the experience teaches grit because the students are, it, it's an endurance race and the students have to fix things when they go wrong. And so I tell people like, I don't care what job you have after you graduate, you know, things are going to go wrong, <laughs> whatever that job is. And your ability to succeed is predicated on your ability to figure out what's wrong, not point fingers at, you know, who, who was responsible for that, but to roll up your sleeves, figure it out, fix it and get the car back out there. And, you know, the problem is going to be unpredictable. It's not something you're going to be able to study for. So, you know, I I really feel like as an experience, it teaches life skills way beyond what what most students are able to get in sort of traditional education. And then we also, through our green light, green business certification and green leader professional certificate, we have a, the ability to really help businesses think about their triple bottom line. And so that's their environmental, their economic, and their social performance as a business. 
And so that sort of suite of programs really lets us push the envelope of sustainability in Chattanooga. That's amazing. And I think what I also love about the programs that you describe, Michael, is that you're involving the residents, you're involving the kids, uh, the, the schools, the community to be part of the building phase, to, to part of the process of making the city more green, more sustainable. Um, and I think that's unique. Uh, instead of pushing programs to people, you're involving people to build it together. That's exactly right. You know, uh, so much of what we do at Green Spaces is not necessarily like telling people what to think, but, but really engaging them in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and and inspiring uh, change, and you know what we're trying to do is really like shift the culture and and bring people along on this journey, so that everybody knows that they can come to green spaces and and figure out what that next step is for them. Right? Like we don't expect everybody to be perfect. We're not we're not out here like you know sort of. <laughs> Uh, you know, expecting everybody to be zero carbon tomorrow, uh, whether that's an individual or a business. But what we really focus on is, is taking that next step in the journey, right? Like everybody is, is on this journey and is, you know, we're, we're, everybody's trying to do better. And so sometimes we, you know, one of our biggest obstacles can honestly be just, the sense of being overwhelmed, right? Like right. some of these challenges are so big that, you know, sometimes it shuts us down where it's like, well, I just, you know, I can't fix climate change. So I'm just not going to worry about it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and we, that, that's, that's really what we have to fight, right? Is, is it's not enough to just, you know, um, take that one step. You also have to, to be hopeful and optimistic and raise your voice to be, to be part of this sort of global chorus that can really activate the change that we want to see. And honestly, over the last two, three years, we're starting to see that. I mean, especially if you look at just the, the global investment trend. I mean, uh, I think uh, in 2020, even in the midst of the recession, there was a 96% increase in investment in sustainable assets over 2019, which is just shocking. I mean, if, if you just think about, you know, how much the global pandemic had had everybody's attention, you know, I, I think it was helpful for people to really see just how fragile some of these systems are that, that we have come to assume are going to be there for us. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And um, one of the things you also highlight is the next gen home. So um, yeah, I, I imagine there are yeah. a lot of developments happening in Chattanooga from a you know real estate perspective. Like, do you work with real estate pro- uh, developers? Do you work with homeowners? Or is Green Spaces building or demonstrating what the next gen homes could look like, also leveraging your background? Yeah, that's a perfect question. Uh, and so really that, that was the beginning of Green Spaces in 2007 was trying to bridge the gap in the market to help bring local developers, architects, contractors along 
into the, the sort of green building movement. And so green spaces started when there were zero LEED certified projects in Chattanooga. Their goal was to get 20 in a, in a three year period. They ended up getting 43 LEED certified projects. And, and now we're looking at taking that next step. And from 2014 to 2016, we did a demonstration development of net zero energy residential mm-hmm. to really show not just builders, but lenders, appraisers, realtors, buyers, the whole chain that leads to a house getting built, showing people how zero energy homes work, how uh, conventional, honestly, they are, uh, how easy they are to do, uh, and how you can make money off of it. I mean, we generated, we generated revenue for our nonprofit, you know, from this development. And so now the next two years, we're going to be working on uh, developing a living building. And so August 9th and 10th, we're going to have a regenerative design summit here in Chattanooga uh, that looks at buildings like the Candida building in Atlanta, uh, the Bullet Center in Seattle, and how Chattanooga can develop a, a building like this that will be our future headquarters for green spaces. Um, but the, the idea is how do buildings move beyond doing less harm to the environment to how can buildings do more good? Right. And so that's the premise of the Living Building Challenge that the, the International Living Futures Institute runs. And that's, yeah, go ahead. No, I said that's incredible. I mean, you know, for, for the nonprofit, I mean, for what would you tell for the other nonprofits or maybe other organizations that are, trying to do something similar for their city, for region, because that's what really you're doing, right? You're pushing Chattanooga forward um, using a lot of these programs, the collaboration with the community, the partnership with the private side as well. How, yeah, how, I is, mean, I would, how is your I nonprofit would... funded and how, what, what lessons <laughs> would you give to others who aspire to build the equivalent of green spaces in another uh, city in the U.S. or outside of U.S. Yeah, that's a that's a great question because there is so much to learn uh, both in the U.S. and outside the U.S. from from what we've been able to accomplish uh, in Chattanooga. And so I think the keys the keys to our success, uh, and I'll sort of split this question in terms of like general, and then we'll talk about like the more specifics around like revenue. Um, but generally you know, all of our work comes from strong partnerships and a sort of like abundance mentality when it comes to developing partnerships with other nonprofits and with for-profits. There, there are some places where the nonprofit sort of world uh, can be very competitive and, you know, very sort of cutthroat. Um, and so, you know, people feel like if, if another nonprofit is getting funding, then that has to be at the expense of their nonprofit. And we entirely reject that theory. Um, when we started, or when, sorry, when I started at Green Spaces in 2014, um, we had basically one uh, local foundation that launched Green Spaces, and then another local foundation came in to help support it. Um, but, you know, as we have 
developed such strong partnerships with communities, with other nonprofits, and with businesses, you know, we have been able to grow the diversity and the strength of our revenue streams and even developing um, program revenue. So like I said, the next gen homes generate program revenue for us. Our gr the Green Leader Professional Certificate, which is offered through UTC, offers program revenue. Um, there's also um, the, our Greenlight program where we consult with businesses to help them really start a sustainability program. You know, businesses, you know, pay a fee for that. Um, and then when we work with developers, uh, they, they pay for that consulting. And then we use those proceeds to do the work like Build It Green and Empower that are serving low-income communities. Um, but as we are bringing sort of everybody along in this, a big part of it has been the, the, the economic development story uh, of Chattanooga and our economy. When we started the Green Prix in 2018, nobody was building electric vehicles in Chattanooga. And now we've got, um, we've got Volkswagen that just announced that they're going to be building all of their electric vehicles in Chattanooga. And they're even looking at building a new plant here. Um, and then Ford announced that they're going to be building their uh, electric trucks in Tennessee. GM and Nissan are building electric vehicles in Tennessee and Rivian just announced that they were going to be building a factory just across the border in, in Georgia. And so we're rapidly becoming this sort of epicenter for this electric vehicle supply chain. Uh, and that's especially important because uh, we talked about this earlier, but the, we have the most advanced smart grid in the country because our local power company, EPB, took it upon themselves to build a, a gigabit uh, fiber optic network. And so that's why there's this nickname uh, for Chattanooga called the Gig City, because um, we were the first publicly owned you know, gigabit fiber optic network in the country. And, and it's available at every house, in fact. Wow. In fact, the families that qualify for free and reduced lunch in Chattanooga get free fiber optic internet delivered to their house at speeds that are greater than what anybody can buy in most major cities. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about the future um, of sustainable city. Yeah. Michael. Exactly. I, yeah. Um, That's but, huge. Yeah. yeah. But so you talk about the, the programs being funded and um, how you're generating value both commercially to support the, the nonprofit itself, but also to run these programs to increase equity um, and make uh, improve the lives of more people, not just a few. Um, and I mean, that is the model, right? That is the model that can make uh, organization like this sustainable. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, you know, and I think the, the, the thing that you mentioned there is, is, you know, value, right? And that's something that we really, really focus on at Green Spaces is how we add value. Um, and, and, we look, and we look very closely for that. And one good example of that 
is we found that when we were doing weatherization work with our Build It Green program, so weatherization for those that don't know is basically like air sealing, insulation, uh, doing like weather stripping around doors and windows, basically to make a house less drafty, you know, keep the, the air that you're heating and cooling inside the house instead of letting it out. Um, and, you know, we were doing that for energy efficiency, but we found out, hey, you know what, we're actually generating health benefits from this. And so since 2015, we've been working on actually developing a, a business model. Um, we've been getting a lot of help from a group called the Green Healthy Homes uh, Initiative in Baltimore, Maryland, um, who built a very similar program there. But the idea is if we can generate savings for uh, medical care, especially uh, for asthma, right? So you've mm -hmm. got a kid with asthma that's going to the hospital multiple times a year. Our 10 care, which is our, our Medicaid agency is spending, let's say $50,000 on this kid a year. And every time they're in the hospital, they send them straight back to a house full of mold. And nobody, nobody yeah. is saying, hey, you think maybe we should deal with a mold next time? <laughs> um, it's just, it's like, it's absurd, but that's just not how the system works, right? right. Like the system is, is based on clinical care. And so we've actually had success now uh, in, in developing these relationships with, with 10 cares, managed care organizations uh, where the, uh, the last sort of contract that, that 10 care sent out mentioned housing 47 times. And so we're, we're now really starting to get to that point where, you know, the, the healthcare agencies are starting to see that overlap. And now we've really been able to, to clearly document the value that we're creating for that. And now we're building a funding mechanism uh, to, to scale it up, right? So we could do this for 500 households in the Chattanooga region all paid for from healthcare savings. And so I think, I think that's another key for people to think about is like, you know, finding, finding that value that you're generating uh, and, you know, finding ways to really clearly articulate it to the, the, the people that are receiving the value and, and then building, building the, the funding mechanisms around that. Yeah. No, I love that. And obviously you have achieved so much in green spaces um, in, the, in the last few years. So for people who are visiting Chattanooga, can they just like come to green spaces to visit or? Absolutely. How, yeah, yeah, we have a storefront. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're, okay. we've got a storefront uh, right at um, uh, the corner of, it's right by Market and Main, like in, our, in the south side neighborhood of, of Chattanooga. People can just stop in. We've honestly had a lot of people that just stop in and there was a, a startup that uh, is moving here from California that just stopped in on Friday, actually yesterday, um, and said, hey, we're looking at this building and we want to do solar and we want to do, you know, green infrastructure. You know, what do we, how do we do that? And, you know, who should we talk to? Um, and so, you know, a lot of people are coming here because it's such a great sandbox, especially with the technology that we have with, with the smart grid. Um, and so, you know, the chamber works with us 
when there's a business that's, that's looking at Chattanooga that, that is interested in sustainability. Um, we work really closely with the city of Chattanooga. We actually help develop an integrated community sustainability plan. Um, that is a, a long-term document that the city is currently working on adopting that came with a, a carbon inventory. And actually, the, I sh this is a really important point to maybe you know almost end on. Uh, the carbon inventory that we had from 2008 to 2018 showed a 25% reduction in our carbon footprint, even while having a 44% growth of our GDP. Wow. And so that's something that, that I feel like people don't talk about enough, yeah. right? Which is like, some people present these as like, mutually exclusive propositions. You can either have a clean environment or you can have a good economy. And, and Chattanooga really is a, a good example of a place that is, that is developing both. Yeah, exactly. And uh, no, that's great. So people can visit and can visit your site and can learn more from your website. And then for people who oh, are yeah, living yeah. in the area, I know you have a membership model. Can anybody sign up or this has to be organization signing up? No, no, we have individual memberships. We have business memberships. Um, and you, you mentioned website. I've failed to mention that. We're at greenspaceschattanooga.org. Um, and so, you know, anybody can look us up there and, and shoot me an email if, if you want to learn more about what we do and if you want to, replicate this where you are. Um, I will say for people that are in the United States, something to keep an eye on um, is this Civilian Climate Corps, uh, which, which we're part of through the core network. And um, you know, there's, there's likely to be a lot more opportunity to, to build things like green spaces in your community in the near future. Um, that's so, fantastic. So everybody should feel free to reach out. I'm at Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, at greenspaceschattanooga.org. Michael, thank you so much for your perspective and for your work at Green Spaces. I personally can't wait to visit, and I hope others will visit as well and learn from what you've built. So thanks again, Michael, for joining the Understory podcast. Michael Walton, the Executive Director of Green Spaces. Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me.